you get used to hearing them. I hope the Word of God doesn't get old to you. I hope it always is fresh. There's always something there, and I'm a little bit loud, just a little bit. Back me off just a little bit. But I hope the Word of God never becomes old to you. I hope it's something that we just get used to, to reading or seeing or hearing. But it's always fresh. If you always approach the Word of God with an open heart and an open mind, you'd be amazed God's always got something fresh within it just for you. And if you don't miss it, amen. In Luke chapter number 2, I'm going to let you remain seated. I'm going to read, we'll read several verses. Then I'll bring a thought, Lord, put in my heart tonight. Verse number 13, and suddenly there was with the angel of the, uh, with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, good will towards men. Drop down if you would to Luke chapter 2 verse 17. Verse 17. Talking about shepherds now, and when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying, which was told them concerning this child. Now, if you would, just turn a few books over to Matthew chapter number 2. Matthew chapter number 2. Matthew chapter number 2 and verse number 11. Matthew 2 verse number 11. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. One more verse, Luke chapter 1 and verse 38. One more verse. And then with the help of God, I'll just give you a little simple thought, Lord, put it in my heart, and, and we'll go home. Amen? Luke chapter number 1 and verse number 38. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. This is my thought. Everybody brought something. Everybody in this story brought Jesus Something. And the question is, what do you bring him who owns the world? Brother Kenny Hall leads to the throne of grace. Amen. What do you bring him who owns the world? You say he, he owns the world? Psalms 15 verse number 12 says, If I were hungry, I would not tell thee, for the world is mine and the fullness thereof. As I read that, I was reminded when one day Satan takes him up on a mountain of temptation and says, If you'll worship me, I'll give you all the world. But according to Psalms, the devil's a liar. He can't give God something he already owns. And we find as we look at this thought and 
Kind of with this thought in mind, this coming Sunday we'll have our Christmas program at 6 p.m. And on Sunday, that Sunday evening, we will give you an opportunity to bring Jesus a gift. And we'll have a box up here and for you to do that. Wise men brought in gifts. Yet many, but the wise men weren't the only ones. In this story, I'm, I'm amazed. Everybody in this whole account brought something. And so let me encourage you, even if it is, even if it's for these children, even if you've got to give them two nickels, let them bring something to the Lord this coming Sunday. The teacher tells the story of a, a little small elf-like student with wide eyes and innocent and, uh, eyes and soft rosy cheeks. She said, one year he gave me a wonderful, wonderful gift. Mark was an 11-year-old orphan who lived with his aunt, a bitter woman who was annoyed with the burden of caring for her dead sister's son. And she never failed to remind Mark that it hadn't been for her generosity, he'd be homeless. Still, with all the scolding and coldness at home, he was a very sweet and gentle child. Mark stayed after school every evening to help the teacher straighten up the room because honestly, school was better than home. But as Christmas drew near, he, uh, he thought, Mom, Mark is failing to stay. When the buzzer would, would, would go, he would leave like all the rest of the kids. So a few days went by and she asked him, she said, I've been, Mark, I've been really missing you. And he explained, I, I'm making you a surprise. He whispered confidentially. It's for Christmas. And with that, he dashed out of the room again. Finally, the last day of school came, and they all lined up, and, but Mark waited till the last one, and everyone else had left. He walked up, and he said, I, I have your present, and, and I hope you like it. And out from his back, he held a little crude... Wooden box. And uh, the teacher said, Mark. And immediately she recognized two things. One, that it was a box. And second, he had made it. Mark, what's in the box? He said, oh, it's nothing that you can hold in your hand or feel or... Take out and play with. But my mother told me that it is something that will make you feel good all the time. Make you warm on a cold night and safe when you're all alone. The teacher said as she gazed into the empty box, what is it, Mark, that will be make me warm on a cold night and safe and all those things and he motioned and she bent over and he whispered it is love love's in the box 
And mom said, it's best if it's given away. The teacher took the little crudely made box and put a special place on her mantle. And when her friends would come by, they, were, they couldn't help but ask, what's that box doing on the mantle? And she would begin to tell them the story of what a special box it was. Everybody brought something in this story. So what do we bring a God that owns the world? First of all, I see in this story in the first text we read, angels brought a song. They praised Him. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Did you know God desires your praise? Psalms 150 says this, Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Let me stop right there. Can I ask you a question? Does the Bible say, Praise God when you feel like it? Does it say, Praise God when you want to? Does it say, Praise God when it's convenient? God said this, Praise ye the Lord in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with a psaltery and harp. Praise Him with timbrel and dance. And praise Him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise Him with loud cymbals. Praise Him with the high sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. The angels brought a song. And it was a song of praise. Tonight, can I ask you a question? When's the last time you just got along and just praised God? Some of you, it's been a long, long time. Some of you may have never, some of you may be young in the Lord. You've not, you've not been saved real, real long time. And, but don't worry. Praise God. It'll come around. Maybe you got saved and you praise God, but you've been saved so long now you're used to it. Isn't it amazing? We get more excited over the things of the world than we do the things of God. My, 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 I want you to let me help you here tonight. What's well, been on my heart all day long. I see a whole lot of God's people letting the world, letting a job, May I just go ahead and say it? Let family decide your spirit and whether you're going to praise God or not. You, you, you're going to let them decide the atmosphere around your house. So I'm going to challenge you. I, I triple dog dare you. Any red-blooded American take a dare. I triple dog dare you. Why don't you establish the spirit and the atmosphere in your home this year? Instead of fussing and fighting and arguing and complaining, why don't you walk in the house, throw your hand up there, glory to God, hallelujah. Now when your family catches up with you, they'll take off running. They'll be back. 
If you got food, they'll be back. When you start talking about how good God is. Hey, you young people, look up this way. When you start thinking about how good God's been to you, you'll quit your complaining. I wonder why, when are we going to? When are we going to mature enough to stop letting what family does, our children does, people around us does, our job, decide my praise to our God. I hate to tell you, oh, I'm going to bust your bubble. I know, hang on, it's going to get really bad. Buckle in good and tight. Your job didn't save you. Your children didn't save you. Your church didn't save you. Do you know what I said? Your pastor didn't save you. Brother Howes, one time, seen an old fella. He's about high drunk. He said, that bed over there saved me. Brother Howes said, yep, that looks like some of my work. I'm going to tell you tonight, church didn't save you. Brothers and sisters in Christ didn't save you. That job didn't save you. Your money in the bank won't save you. Amen. I'm going to tell you tonight, the only one if you're saved by the grace of God is a thrice holy God and is worthy of our praise. And there's nothing greater you could do than for you to decide, I'm not going to let the world, I'm not letting my crazy family, I'm not letting nobody rob my joy, my praise, my glory. I'm going to give to my God. I refuse to let anybody rob my joy. I've told this story to many of you, but some of you are new and never heard it. Years ago, we was in a little white church. And I don't know why it happened. I don't even know when it happened. But I got my eyes on about two or three people, not many. And I'm telling you, I got to watching them, and I got aggravated that they weren't doing what I thought they ought to do. Do you know what I said? What I thought they ought to do. And I got to watching them, and I got angry, and angrier, and angrier, and almost, are you listening, allowed the devil to destroy my ministry and my life. And boy, I, boy, God brought that thing to a head. And I want you to know, praise God, I made God some promises that day. I went back in that little Sunday school class and I made God some promises. And one was, I would never let people ever get me to that kind of place again. I refuse to give people my joy. They don't save me. I love my wife, but she didn't save me. I love my grandchildren, but they didn't save me. I love my family. I love my daughters, but they didn't save me. I want you to know I love my church family, but they didn't save me. Jesus saved me, and He's worthy of all of our praise. Angels brought a song. The first mark, listen to me, the first mark, the first sign of a spiritual problem is a coldness of heart. And when we lose our praise and our song, when you lose your praise and your song, you're in trouble. Number two, I love this. Angels brought a song, but the shepherds brought a story. Proof 
And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go, even go into Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord had made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now here's the verse. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Angels had a song. They praised God. But the shepherds had a story. Proved. Why I love the testimonies tonight. And I appreciate everyone. Why I appreciate the fact when folks have got a story. Do you have a story? Do you have something to tell? Is all your mouth comes open is a complaint? Is all your, is all that ever comes out of you is a complaint? Or, or, or something negative or something bad? Oh, this good is so bad. Oh, my soul. You ought to have a story about what Jesus has done in your life. Has Jesus ever done anything for you? I don't know what it is. But me and Watts, we get some of the strangest stories that's ever been. And it, it'd, be, it'd blow your mind at some of the things that happens to us. And just, just really weird stuff. But you know what? It gives us a story. Do you have a story? Every person ought to have a story. I'm not going to preach this tonight, but I'm just going to give you this little little tidbit here. Goliath is saying, send me a champion. And whoever wins will serve the other. Goliath's a devil, you know. Send me a champion. He'd walk out and saw a head taller than everybody else and the whole army. And Goliath would say, boom! And they'd all run in the tents. David comes up. Say, who's this uncircumcised Philistine? I hear making fun of my God. Who is that rascal? I'll go take his head off. And they said, listen, we'll take you to Saul. And, and David's a little old bitty fellow. Don't underestimate little people. Amen. And he, he little old bitty fellow, Saul looked at him and said, what can you do? Here's what I want you to see. David said, let me tell you my lion story. Let me tell you my bear story. Let me tell you my bear story and my lion story. And he said, this uncircumcised Philistine's going to be just like one of them. I'll take his head off because he had a story. Nobody else had a story. Have you got a story? Have you got a story of what Jesus... It should be a personal story. Every born-again believer ought to have a personal story. You ought to have a story of what Jesus done for you. Boy, I appreciate every testimony. But Jeff, I sure appreciate Jordan. When you start... You know what the story was? When he got saved, he left different. I want a story to be told. It should be a personal story. Do you have a story? I love this all through the Bible. Philip told Nathaniel his story. He come to Jesus. Oh, I want you to know the woman of Samaria. 
She got, boy, Jesus went by the well of Sychar. She's the only one. And she's, she's there at a bad time because she's not a good woman. She's not a good woman. And she goes by and Jesus said, uh, give me some water. She said, why are you a Jew asking me a Samaritan for water? Jews don't talk to Samaritans. Jews don't talk to dark like me. They don't talk to us. She, he said, if you just knew, if you just, if you just knew who it was, I'm talking to you. And all of a sudden, they get into this great discussion. And he's just saying, listen, I'll give you some water that you'll never thirst again. And about that time, it hit high gear for her. She left her pot. She runs into town. Come, she a man that told me all things I ever done. Now, he never told her everything she'd done. But you know what? She had a story. And they all came. Do you have a story? Do you have a story? It should be a I want to be a powerful story. And the Bible says when they heard it, wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. It's a, they wondered. It's a powerful story. I, I'm, I love A.W. Tozer. If you ain't figured that out by now, I'm, I read A.W. Tozer a lot. And uh, boy, I'm telling you, he's, I'm reading a book on Pastor Power. What a powerful book. And here's what he, here's, he made this statement. Man, it's, it's just, it's just so challenges my heart. He said, the one thing that churches is missing today is this. We no longer have the wonder of it. People are not looking and we're, we're no longer having the wonder of it. We've lost the wonder of it. We've lost the wonder of, it's, it's almost sad. It's almost said, when's the last time you've seen somebody? Now listen to me. Hang on. When's the last time you've seen somebody in the altar broken in tears over their sin? Now I didn't say over grandma or grandpa dying or something like that. And I'm not belittling none of that. Don't boo me out. Don't leave saying I don't care about that. I do. I'm saying, when's the last time you've seen somebody broken, shedding tears over their sin? It's almost like we walk in the house of God. And you know what? Don't you dare mention my sin. I, I forget it. It's not been that long ago. A man made this statement. Listen to me. I was, slap yourself and wake up. Please don't ever make this statement. Please don't make this statement. He said, he mentioned my smoking. I'll just get up and walk out. Please don't make that statement. Please don't be that foolish. Please don't do that. See, we, we've almost lost the wonder of it. And, oh my goodness. So it ought to be a powerful story. Number three, not only the angels brought a song praise, shepherds brought a, a story proof, but the wise men brought their substance a prize. When they were coming to the house, they saw the young child would marry his mother and fell down and worshipped him. When they had opened their treasures, when they had opened their treasures, like opening your billfold, your pocketbook. Matthew 6, 21, don't miss this. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where your treasure is, 
Now will your heart be also. First Timothy 6.10, for the love of money, the love of money, money is a tangible object, the love of money is the root of all evil. With some coveted after, they've erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Many sorrows. Mark 10, 21, and Jesus behold him, loved him, and said in one thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt treasure in heaven. Come take up the cross and follow me. The great indictment of the last day church is this. Revelation 3, 17, because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, and I have need of nothing, and knowest not thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. In diamond of the last day church is, God, we don't need you. We don't need you. I remember years ago being in a church where we had to take up a special offering to pay the light bill. I'd been told I wasn't here, but I'd been told there was days in this church in the little white building down here they had to take up a special offering to pay the light bill or to pay just to get the bills paid. I wonder if God crashed everything around us Would we turn to God or would we just absolutely go crazy? I wonder what it would take. I wonder what it's going to take in our nation. I love our country and I love our nation, but I'm not so... What if God... Does God have to crash this economy to where we take money off the altar before we start loving Him and serving Him and worshiping Him? You know the greatest revival movement? You know when it came? The greatest Reformation times came right after the Depression. You know why? People didn't have no money. They had nowhere else to go. They had nothing else to do. So they'd go to tent meetings. Some old old Oliver Green and and, uh, Ironside would get up there and preach. Well, they'd go home. There wasn't no TV, radio, uh, uh, iPhones, um, internet, uh, video games, and all the other stuff to rob that cedar. They'd go to bed and all they could hear was them old preachers are thundering out the Word of God. They'd wake up in the middle of the night under conviction, getting saved by the thousands. You know why? Because there was nothing to steal the Word of God away. But now we come to the house of God and as soon as, soon as we leave, we fill our minds with noise of some kind and it steals it away. I have a nice dollar bill for any person that can stand up without looking and tell me the three points I preach Sunday. It's money. All right. Two points. One point. Now, don't be converted. Don't be getting no, Jeff. I say that. Don't you be asking her. No. <laughs> One point. Bless God, the title. Huh? A hint. 
give you a hint? <laughs> you did not, do you get what I'm saying? You understand? You see, you see what I'm saying? You get, you get the idea? It's just been two days. Huh? Yeah, but just talk to one another. It's too late. He's gone. The point I'm making is this. Look at me. The point I'm making. Do you understand how quickly it's been stolen away? And it has no place to, to get in our hearts and gets in there. That's the reason music is so powerful. Because it's played over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. That's the reason why I, me and Darling can hear something in the 70s when we were dating and we remember every word, but we can't remember what we done last week. Played over and over and over and over. So you understand? You understand? Wise men brought their substance. May I say this? May we, may we not be afraid to bring God a substance. I want you to do something for me Sunday. I want you not to give God a token. Okay, I'll put in, I'll put in a five. So No, no, no. I want you to ask God what He'd have you to do Sunday. That's what I'm doing. I, I thought I knew what I was going to do, but that's a problem. It's what I wanted to do. I'm asking Him, what, Lord, what do you want me to do? Now, I don't care what the amount is, but I'm, everybody needs to do something because there's one more person here. She had a song. She didn't have a song, but she sure sung. She didn't have a story, but man, the story she told. She didn't have substance, to my knowledge. She didn't have anything, but she gave the greatest price of all. She's not to be worshipped, but she is to be considered. Angels brought a song, praise. Shepherds brought a story, proof. Angels brought their substance, a price. But Mary brought herself, a person. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. One writer said, here's what she did. I'm not going to do it because I'm afraid I'll hurt my my plates. But if if the offering plate was up here, she climbed in the offering plate and she offered herself. She literally gave Jesus a person. Her response was surrender herself to God as His willing servant. She experienced the grace of God in Luke 1.30. She believed the Word of God. She was used by the Spirit of God to accomplish the will of God. The word handmaid means the lowest kind of servant. She literally gave herself body, soul, and spirit. In body, Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. So, and Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. And in spirit, my spirit hath rejoiced in God, my Savior. Literally, she gave God 
all she had, lock, stock, and barrel, she gave him herself. She was the living example of Romans 12, 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, picture you just done, you're just unreasonable. That's unreasonable. That's foolishness. This is what the Bible says. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, acceptable in the Lord, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Maria and Pablo lived in a Mexican village. Because Christmas time at their house did not include any gifts, they always looked forward to the Christmas festivals at the village church with great joy and anticipation. To honor the birth of Christ, the church displayed a beautiful manger that drew crowds of admirers. Villagers walked miles to admire the manger bringing lovely and expensive gifts for the baby Jesus. Maria and Pablo watched the villagers place their gifts in the soft hay around the manger. They felt sad. They had no money to buy gifts for the family and no money to buy a gift for baby Jesus. One Christmas Eve, however, as they were walking towards the church, wishing desperately they had a gift to bring, A soft glowing light shone through the darkness and a shadowy outline appeared before them. Maria and Pablo were afraid, but the angel comforted them, instructed them to pick some of the short green weeds that were growing by the road. They should bring the plants to the church, the angel explained. Placed them near the manger as their gift to the baby Jesus. Confused but very excited, the children filled their arms with large bunches of green weeds and hurried to the church. When the children entered the church, many of the villagers stared. Some of the villagers laughed. Why those stupid kids putting weeds by the manger? Maria and Pablo began to feel embarrassed and ashamed of their gift to the baby Jesus, but they stood bravely near the manger, placing the plants on the soft haze the angel had instructed Suddenly, the dull green leaves on the tops of the plants began to turn a bright shade of red, surrounding the baby with beautiful blossoms. The laughing villagers become silent as they watch the green plants transform into lovely, beautiful crimson flowers. We call them today poinsettias. And as they watched the weeds bloom before their eyes, Maria and Pablo knew they had no reason to be ashamed anymore. They had given the baby Jesus the only gift they could. It was the most beautiful gift of all. Today, the traditional symbol of Christmas, thanks to young Pablo and their special gift to baby Jesus, that is the legend of the poinsettia. I don't know if it's true or not, but I know this. They did what they could. Everybody brought something to Jesus. Angels brought a song, praise. Oh, how we ought to praise Him. Shepherds brought a story, proof. 
The wise men brought their substance a prize. But I think Mary perhaps brought the greatest gift. She's not to be worshipped. We don't worship Mary in his church. But she brought herself a person. And tonight, if God gets you, he'll get you substance. If God gets you, he'll get that. If God gets you, he'll give you a story. And if God gets you, he'll put a praise in your heart. And a witness and a, pra- and a praise on your, on your lips. Tonight, I wonder, what will you bring Jesus? Everybody brought something. Let's all stand to our feet. Every head bowed, never eye closed.